Welcome back to Big Game Nerds Playing Masks, A New Generation. My name is Owen, my pronouns are he and him. I'm the founder, director, and editor of Big Game Nerds, and I'm going to be your master of ceremonies today. Joining me, we have our usual crew, uh, starting off with the victorious return of Sarah. Oh, hi. Every time I go first, I'm always surprised. Uh, I'm Sarah, <laughs> she, her. I'm playing Juno, the Nova, my, my sweet little girl who has no problems whatsoever. <laughs> Complete, yeah. Completely normal with Don't. absolutely zero syndromes. Yeah. <laughs> she has no syndromes to activate all at once. It's totally fine. <laughs> Um, hey, <laughs> I, could you? Can we not make references open? like that at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> could 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 you just tell me your uh, freak and danger ratings real quick? <laughs> My freak and danger ratings are both maxed out at plus three. <laughs> My girl is having a completely normal one. Um, <laughs> Incredibly normal. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, right. You can find me at Radio Inactivity on Twitter. Yeah. Um, then we have Joe. I'm Joe, also known as Jonix. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm playing Pate McLeod, the mighty lass of Glad, who's the bull uh, play, playbook. Playbook? Playbook. It's been yeah. so long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um... And uh, while while her freak is not maxed out, her danger is. Ooh. She's dangerous. All right. Then, Levi. Hello, uh, my name's Levi. Pronouns are they, them. I am playing uh, Photon Boy, the alias of Luke Byrne. Uh, playbook is The Innocent. All right. And Saturn. Hey, it's me, Saturn, uh, they, them. You can find me at The Future Rules on Twitter and Tumblr. I am playing Pippa, a.k.a. The Pink Panzer, a.k.a. Uh, our darling robot cat boy who uh, definitely <laughs> also doesn't have any syndromes. Don't Do worry about it. Um, and he is the brain. Yeah. Okay, so it has been a minute since the last time we played. Mm -hmm. My apologies. Um, it So... And we left off with on a hell of a note, if I recall correctly. Yes, very um, much so. Yeah, we, we had a big. Uh, we were like, "Hey, everybody, let's let's spar because it'll be good for our team development." And then we basically just split uh, evenly down uh, prospective relationship lines and got extremely <laughs> problematic and messy. Yeah. It was, that was a hell of a thing. Um, and so because we're jumping back after a big gap and because several of you have very significant things on your plates, um, I've decided that uh, it's time to bust out the love letters again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've done this before. Uh, but that was, we were more sort of using that as a, just a a hook creation mechanic but here i want to dig into things and get some like one-on-one -on -one solo character scenes which seems appropriate after the the party has been kind of split but before we dig into that um like you said we sort of have two 
the, the party has been split along two lines. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit of uh, feedback from you, Sarah. Oh. Just like sometimes when I'm talking. Sorry, I'm also hold on. Seeing let me like um, let me turn my headphones. I forget there's always a little bit of leak. Yeah, uh, no problem. Go ahead. So the party has been split sort of between two young couples, one of which is younger in terms of the couple rather than the participants. Uh, but there is Luke and Pate, who have already been on at least one date before. And when we left off, had sort of been trying to figure out how to how, how to put this trying to sort of consolidate coping methods or something like that. <laughs> they were licking their wounds and uh <laughs> Yeah. Um and then the sort of so and then meanwhile pa- Pippa and Juno have sort of been dancing around each other for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And despite recall, the best efforts of meddlers. <laughs> yeah. Well and the, if I the recall, middling efforts of meddlers. <laughs> You could have meddled some more. You were I could have, I could have Mary worthed it. You know, I could have gone yeah. in hard. You go way harder. It's okay. Um, you know, but, we're not there yet. You know, got to let her. Right. Got to marinate for a while. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but if I recall, that episode did end with one of you saying, "Hey, do you want to go to a movie or something?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a uh, Pippa. Uh, uh, inviting Juno to go do something that isn't being here at the gym with all of our respective uh, angst. Correct. How, uh, <laughs> however we feel about our respective uh, counterparts in this uh, particular arrangement that we find ourselves in. Okay. So, um, I don't want to dig in too deep into this. I could, but um, I just want to ask everyone here, I guess... What do you think your respective duos went and did together immediately after that? Like, what do you think? Like, what was the movie or whatever like for Juno and Pippa and for uh, the other two? Uh, did you go off and do anything? So I remember during our... We recorded sort of a phone call with the immortal that happened shortly after the last episode... And I think how that ended was that um, Luke and Pate were also going to go watch some horror movies. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Because oh, yeah. he fought Dracula. Because, <laughs> yeah, so Mortal, nemesis Dracula. Mortal was fighting Dracula, and Luke was like, yeah, horror movies would be great. And Pate was like, why would you want to watch something scary? And Luke was like, it's because it's happening to other people. <laughs> I can point and laugh. <laughs> so yeah, they go and watch like uh, Evil Dead or something, you know, um, some, something fu- something funny where you know some the, you know someone's hand comes off. <laughs> uh, that, that's that what I imagined. Good. Anyway, how's that, Joe? Does that sound yeah, right by to you? That's perfect. <laughs> okay, cool. Also, just a reminder to everyone, if you're not donating $3 to us a month, uh, you can't see stuff like the special episode where we got to talk 
to Pate's superhero mentor and realized that he was uh, fighting Dracula while on the phone with them. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, um, it's just what you do, you know? It was, it was a great and, sort of setup and punchline. <laughs> Only on Patreon. Only on Patreon. <laughs> However, aside from the fact that they went... Uh, it was not incredibly plot important. Yeah, no. I, especially now that you've heard it summarized here. Um, then meanwhile, uh, what about what about what could be the first date for the other two? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I feel like they definitely because there is a degree of commitment to like, okay, we're gonna go to the movies. We have to go get. I think we we had a shot of like them at the at like literally a bus stop or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or just like going to the movies. I think they do end up at the movie theater at least. Hell if I know what they actually want. <laughs> I don't even know if it's like Matt. I think it was like one of those just like uh just pick something and like, you know it just whatever looks interesting. I don't even think like the 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 movie they particularly saw matters. It was just yeah, like a, you know, like, let's just go sit in the dark and not, and like, hang out with each other without having to pay attention to each other too much before it gets weird, you know? I I, I feel like the, because, like, of this being, like, later 2020, mm-hmm. if, I, if I remember correctly, based on our time frame, uh, despite the fact that, you know, a Halcyon City did, does not have the same chronology of events that we do, I do like the idea that it's a... Uh, stupid reference to that one uh, Christopher Nolan movie that came out that was incomprehensible, oh, like right before the pandemic <laughs> yeah. came out. Uh, Tenet, oh, I Tenet. think it's yeah, called. Yeah. <laughs> I like the really I totally incomprehensible. It happened. It, it, yeah, no, it's it, like I never some poster. Out what it's like what it was about. Like what was Tenet? Yeah, about? you know, you know who else didn't Christopher Nolan? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I like there's some there's some poster that looks kind of like it, and it's called like. I don't know, like paradigm or something, yeah. you know. And they just go see that. <laughs> it's completely incomprehensible the entire way through. Pip was just like, "Damn, is this how they make movies nowadays?" <laughs> <laughs> Man, the he 60s. was there from the seventies too. Yeah. Yeah. movies so in the seventies made like. I've way seen older states, God and damn. I don't know what the fuck that was about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom Cruise love. Uh, I believe that. Just both of them okay. just sitting in the dark, just like slowly tilting their head to the side as like the movie goes on. Just I think it's one of the situations where where the theater is basically empty because yeah. like the movie's been out for like a week. So there's like sitting together in a back aisle, just like not even at, at a certain point, just like talking over the movie, yeah. just like completely on <laughs> checking their phones. Yeah, great, beautiful. All right, so. Um, throwing popcorn so because, at the only two people in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you both have, even if it is a, a nascent relationship, mm-hmm. um, because you both have someone, that means that in the coming love letters, you both, well, you all have access to a relationship team pool. Oh my god! Oh my god! And how this is going to work, I spent a lot of time debating potential, like, questions and stuff to generate points, but I wound up just doing a Gordian Knot solution. Basically, each duo has a pool of one. During either of your love letters, 
the other person can spend it after you've rolled to boost your roll by one as per usual with teamwork. But of course that means that they're not going to be able to use it for theirs. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and unlike regular teamwork, you do not need to justify how you are doing this. You don't need to be present, hmm. though, if you want to work in some logistics about, like, oh, maybe something that they said prepares them for this mm-hmm. or something. What, whatever you like. Gotcha. So, um, so you've got you've got that resource to think about. Okay. Okay. So, um, I've got all of your moves lined up. But uh, let's start, I think, with, um, let's start with Luke and Pate. So let's set a scene here. Let's, this is something, this isn't something that's happening in like a lost issue. This is, this is inside Big Game Nerds Comics Presents Masks, A New Generation. This is canon, people. (laughs) Exactly. It's 100% canon. Um, So the issue starts off. And we are inside the uh, offices of the Friendly Neighborhood Project, which, as we established in the last arc, is actually one of those like government or pseudo-government offices that are just inside the mall. Um, we pan in and we see the usual sights of just you know some people walking between cubicles uh, at their on their phones. Uh, at their computers, we probably see uh, Scarlett McCaw somewhere, at the very least in the background, doing something. And we see uh, uh, Pate in her uh, sort of work secret identity as Patty. So, like, I think that, let's see, you're, you're still the intern, so I think uh, someone is going to, like, walk up to her with just like a, a stack of documents and being like, Hey, could you, could you alphabetize these and hole punch them for me? Oh, you betcha. Uh, sure. Uh, and she, she awkwardly grabs for them while she's like balancing another stack of papers that she was already carrying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally loaded um, down. Yeah. Uh, so thanks. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, have you, uh, met the new intern? that person steps aside and we see someone who is (laughs) familiar but different okay as it were so uh anyway uh i guess we'll just say that luke has decided to uh go ahead and uh get a uh position of his own at the friendly neighborhood uh associate like uh, what's it called? Friendly Neighborhood Project. Friendly Neighborhood Project. Project. But uh, anyway, he's uh, decided to uh, you know experiment a little bit since he's going to have a secret identity for the first time. So um, there is you know we'll just start with a there's a name badge. It says hi, my name is Kelly, and underneath it says uh, they slash them and um, it is basically uh, sort of like Luke in a blazer and a knee-length skirt with uh, nice. like you know long socks and sort of just sort of flat shoes. Hell yeah! Nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then she kind of she suppresses her 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 first reaction and sticks out a hand past the pile of papers. Oh, as so yeah, uh, Kelly will uh, reach and uh, shake um, Patty's hand. It's like nice to meet you. I'm Patty. Oh, uh, I'm Kelly. It's uh, <laughs> going to be great working with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, um, I'm just starting, so, you know, uh, hopefully uh, you can help me out and show me around. I'd love to. <laughs> okay, at, at this point, the person who has introduced you has already, like... <laughs> Doesn't yeah. Gone. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. It's like, oh god, I'm not here for this mute cute. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, that has happened. And um, obviously, so you're going to spend um, a bunch of time just getting, you know, set up at your job. Like, you know how it is when you're getting set up at a new job. Most yeah. of it is just like people asking for stuff and showing you things and having you read stuff and like watch a 15-minute uh, instructional video about, um, like, info security or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but in the process, you're going you to You may be, wonder what is um, appropriate to post on social media. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, someone yeah, just tells you, that. if someone tells you to go buy Apple cards... For your boss. <laughs> do not do this. Please do not take pictures of the people who come into the office and then post them on Twitter with derogatory comments. <laughs> you will be sued. So, um, but in, in this process, um, for the first time in pretty much in, in for in for the first time in pretty much the majority of your life, you have detached yourself entirely from the photon lineage, as it were. Mm -hmm. And um, you are getting to see... You're, in, you're interacting with people who are perceiving you in a way that you haven't been perceived before, I guess, you know? Yes, that's that's the goal. Right. Um, so I am going to send you your love letter move. Okay. And it's going to connect to that. So if you'll just read that out. All right. Roll plus mundane. On a 10 plus, pick an answer two of the list. On a seven through nine, pick an answer one. So the list is point one, mark potential. What do you like most about not being a superhero? Point two is clear condition. What compliment made you feel so good? Or point, and point three is shift your labels. How do you change your behavior simply because you can? On a miss, answer one or more, but you get lost in these thoughts. I like this. Okay. Uh, let me see. And to clarify on a miss, you don't get the benefits, but you do get to answer those questions. Okay. So my mundane is a plus two. I'll just hop into gameplay. Got an eight. Okay. So I get um, one. Let's see. Yeah. 
and Pate could spend a teamwork to boost this, but it would not change the result. Yeah. Oh, I'm up potential four. I need five to advance, right? Yes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's an excellent oh. incentive. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay. So let me see if this uh, set, like makes sense. So, um, as as the as the new employee, like obviously people are going to be checking on them, but um, I think. I think as the day goes on, what Luke appreciates is that, like, eventually people stop paying attention to mm. them. Mm-hmm. Like, they can just sort of, like, like fade into the background in a way that a superhero, like, never could. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yep, that is, that, that is a, yep, that's definitely nice. I like the idea that there's maybe a couple panels where um, you have, like, taken care of something and no one is, like, coming to you with something else and you are just being, like, left alone and ignored and, like, <laughs> like this, like, smile creeps over your face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, then. Like, like, it looks over their shoulder a couple times. Just like, huh. Like, no- nothing's gonna jump out. Or... <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. Nobody's going to come to you yeah. and be like, it's super urgent, you know? Just like, oh, yeah. I get to be ignored. That's actually kind of nice. Excellent. Okay, then. Uh, mark potential. And Done. since that does fill up your check, you can start looking at uh, advancements. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Which uh, number uh, advances this for you? This is advance number two. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to do that now or set it aside? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it. I got to figure out where I put the file since with my old. Um, oh yeah, gotcha. Okay. So, um, meanwhile, while this is happening, obviously Patty is probably having a good time, like just like doing work and occasionally catching glimpses of <laughs> uh, her sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in the midst of all this. Um, you are able to make some progress on a little personal project you've been working on. And I think that we see a shot of, um, at one point, uh, maybe while Kelly is busy with something, uh, you like bring up um, an email or something like that, and uh, your eyes light up because you figured out how to track down the alternatives. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's give a quick recap on why this is a priority for Pate, too. Right. So um, Pate realized after their their last uh, fight that uh, that she wasn't... She was just kind of hurting. She wasn't really helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she, and after working with the immortal and learning what, you know, learning the ropes as a young hero, sort of, uh, she realized that maybe the best way to help would be systemically instead of, uh, instead of directly when it came to the alternatives. Right. But to do that, 
like they were already on the list to be sort of part of the same project you're in, but obviously they've rejected it. Yes. So you have got to get a little more boots on the ground about this. Absolutely. So, um, presumably you do not just like dash out of the office to do this, but at some point after work, you will have the opportunity to do so. And when you do, you get your love letter move. Oh boy. All right, so just read that off. Uh, roll plus savior. On a hit, you find them. On a 10 plus, pick two. On a 7 to 9, pick one. Uh, you make a dramatic entrance, removing the influence C-Punk has on you. You catch them totally unprepared, allowing them, allowing you to do more without the threat of reprisal. You know exactly how you could track them down again, if needed. On a miss, they find you. Yes, Ooh. and part of the reason why that last thing is an issue is you know like, pretty much where they are now, but as, um, as we laid out in the first episode of our last arc, um, they have a house that can walk around now. Right. So <laughs> they can they got, be pretty They got mobile. a witch house. Witch house. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, still uncertain how exactly they got that, but they do. Sometimes the power of theming is just such that it's impossible. Things <laughs> it just manifests it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so I will go ahead and roll. Uh, my savior is plus zero, so it's just a Ooh. a blank two d six. Okay, that's a nine. Nice. nice. Ooh, and if uh, Luke wants to help out with the uh, yeah, team, I've already done mine. So yeah, let's 10. push that to a ten. Okay, oh, sweet. cool. So you can you can pick two things then. Okay. Um. Hmm. Well, the you know there's something of there's something that uh, I I like having uh, or ha- having C Punk have influence over her still. Mm. Dr- just dr- like narratively, dramatically. It makes sense for why you know she cares so much about these specific kids too if like one of them is just actively like someone whose opinion she cares about Mm -hmm. in one way or another you know (laughs) well it's yeah and she does she does have her trophy still right yeah which is um so you don't have like a trophy room at your base at least not yet and um I hadn't brought this up before, but uh, if you just hold on to that for a while, you're going to start to realize that it's, like, drying out. So do you, like, keep it in a room with a moisturizer or something like that? Because, like, whatever, to clarify the trophy, it's, like, the jacket that has, like, uh, barnacles for studs on the shoulders. So, like, how are you taking care of that? Oh, yeah, she'll... she'll... She'll keep it in a in a fish tank or whatever, like whatever she needs to do to keep it to keep it alive. Nice. Okay. Cool. This living jacket. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, I, I guess I'll pick the other two then. I'll I I will catch them totally unprepared, allowing me to do more without threat of reprisal, and I know exactly how I could track them down again if needed. Okay, I'm gonna need a minute to meditate on this and how this manifests. Um, obviously this is then going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to like play out a thing. So this could sure. be a little bit of a long section. Um, I, I do like the image and I don't know how this would manifest, but I do like the image of like 
I don't know, Paige's like, ah, oh, I have I have to keep this wet somehow, and then just going to like the the workshop and finding for some reason something that's the equivalent of like the supermarket uh you know like the produce aisle Lobby. shelf that spritzes <laughs> yeah. and just like laying it up and it just it gets spritzed by water every couple of minutes. Great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that what happens is um you find at first you would have thought, like, okay, how can they hide, like, a whole house? And then, while you are, like, going out to sort of places where there have been sightings or whatever, you realize there are just a whole... There are plenty of places where you just have abandoned lots. And if there happened to be a house there, that, in fact, is less conspicuous than there just being a big, like, empty patch with weeds and shit in it, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, but however, because this is a house that you have fought... Um, it's a little bit easier to track down and you eventually find it in a slightly, uh, uh, you know, a, a kind of rundown part of town, sort of at the edges where this isn't like sort of inner city urban decay, but it's more like suburban urban decay. <laughs> sure. I, I feel like also part of what gives the way, cause I remember that fight pretty well. And I remember we made a hole in the roof. You did. Yes. And I like to think that you're just walking around and you're like, oh, all these houses look kind of similar, actually. And then you notice the one that just has a tarp over part of the yeah. roof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Are you just going to like walk up and knock on the door? Yeah, I, I think she is in her... Uh, she's still in her civilian identity. Ah. Oh, yes. Perfect, then. Okay. And, yeah. yeah, she just, she legitimately just knocks on the, the front door of the witch house. <laughs> okay. Um. Things that always end well is when you knock on the front door of the witch house. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, like, a, do you have, like, a name tag, like, identifying you as, like, a member of the uh, friendly neighborhood project. Yeah, she's been working there long enough that someone remembered that that's part of the the new employee <laughs> uh, package and and printed one off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm, my theory is that that uh, FNP is probably not um, like it, it's maybe kind of a state adjacent organization mm -hmm. because otherwise to get that you'd have to like fucking go down to the dmv right uh, of <laughs> um but yeah you uh you knock on the door and um oh, yeah, i think that's just what happens is she that, also has a oh, clipboard by the way excellent um and uh uh yeah c-punk is uh the one who uh well, I think what happens if you knock, you you like notice like the blinds shifting, someone's peeking at you, and then a second later, Seapunk uh, opens it. Uh, she is not wearing her jacket, so it actually gives you a clear look at the first time for her shirt, which is like, um, it is very clearly. I'm not sure if this is a pattern that Peyton necessarily would know how to identify, but it's very clearly a band shirt. Um, and then this like very jagged, almost distorted uh, font. It says uh, "Whalefall," and the logo at the bottom is like you probably wouldn't know what it was, but it's like a big like cetacean skull. 
Um, cool. Hell yeah. I was tr- I was I was trying to think about what like a well like a what like an underwater person death metal band would be like, <laughs> and I decided to go for like the scientific term for like. What, what when a whale di- when a whale dies the corpse goes all the way to the bottom mm-hmm. and it's like an ecological event there are entire species that like feed entirely off of that cool um i was thinking so now, I'm just ima- um, now i'm just imagining whale vocals but for death metal yeah. like for yeah. 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 there's the metalocalypse yeah. episode where death clocks uh goes to record an album in the marianas trench oh yeah yeah we got th- Cause fish ain't got no good metals to listen to. Mermaider. <laughs> mermaider. Yeah. yeah. Mermaider. Yeah. It's about mermaider. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of aquatic themed metalocalypse music. Yeah. <laughs> they put out a whole album. Um, yeah. And they got um, away with all of the legal issues because it was technically only supposed to be sold to fish. <laughs> <laughs> Even the song where they told everyone to go into the water, live there, die there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not uh, responsible for any drownings. Well, um, so she opens the door and the thing is, um, despite the very recent close encounter you have had, it's evident that she recognizes like the uniform before she recognizes you and she just sort of like sneers and says why haven't you guys given up yet oh i'm new i i I haven't had a chance to give up yet i'm (laughs) patty that happens after you've worked there for a year or two (laughs) yeah she, Um, she extends her hand past the clipboard (laughs) sort of just like narrows her eyes and is like there's something annoyingly familiar about you oh I get that a lot well can I come um, in and she puts puts one foot in front of like in uh the door frame (laughs) oh no uh, you can hear uh, someone. I think you could probably identify the voice as uh, uh, which of them, vaporwave, <laughs> like uh, s- like saying from somewhere else. And I ask, "Who is it?" Oh, it's someone for the FMP. I didn't realize they fucking still bother. Um, <laughs> look, what is going to happen here? Um, I think that. She like, she turns she turns back to you, and she says, "Listen, maybe you just don't know because you're new and you're getting hazed or something like that. But we're not exactly the types who care about friendliness in the neighborhood. We're all about villainy here." And she like does a big like scary like toothy grin, like the. The big fucked up system that you're a part of is something that we're just going to have fun tearing down. So, you know, you can fuck off and take the clipboard with you. Oh, yes. I uh, I see that you've uh, said that before in your file. Uh, 
I I was just wondering if uh if you if you guys were interested in maybe I don't know do it re channeling some of that villainous energy into a positive project instead. It doesn't have to be friendly necessarily, but it could be uh oh I don't know anti heroic. <laughs> I... <laughs> oh shit okay so um, so like I said I don't want to necessarily delve into the world of like additional roles at this stage mm-hmm. um, but I want to I want to give you something for your troubles basically like you've, you like you said you have got the foot in the door um, uh, like what what you wanted to do here was like to s- to sort of not not just reach out, but to sort of scout her out, right? Yeah, to uh, sort of figure out their deal a little bit, and uh, and you know, see if this is worth pursuing. Because in, okay. in her mind, it definitely is still worth pursuing. Uh, okay, even if it's you know, it's going to be a tough nut to crack. Yeah, um, I think that there is like. Um, sort of like this uh, flash of movement and a surprisingly awkward sound of like old, possibly haunted floorboards being run over very fast. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, all of a sudden Nikor is there. Um, They're also way underdressed in comparison. They don't have their hoodie on and uh, you can see they're like in the process of like tucking their like cool fashion type face mask. Uh-huh. back on oh yeah yeah no let's just let's just get them all in there and uh pretty much immediately following is uh vaporwave who does the thing he does where there's just a bunch of fog and then it coalesces into him oh sure and so um and so you've got um all three of them sort of like looming over you and they're all sort of like putting on their villain faces um c-punk sort of like smirks and uh sort of like wax your clipboard out of your hands and Ooh. says um like anti-heroism is just villainy for posers <laughs> and the <laughs> and then the door closes none of them close the door but the door closes <laughs> um yeah and it, the, and, yeah exactly and, uh, you know, you go and get your, uh, you go and get your clipboard. And obviously, um, it's pretty clear that, like you said, tough nut to crack. Um, but you definitely noticed something, which is that, um, as they were doing that sort of like villainous loom, it, it was, in many ways, it was like a classic villainous loom, but you did definitely notice then Nightcore's hand was on C-Punk's hip and that Vaporwave's hand was on Nightcore's shoulder. So the impression you get is that whatever their individual deals are, the thing that has got them most invested in villainy is that it is the thing that has brought them together. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
uh, polycule of villainy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, we do stand. Hundred percent, yeah. we stand. Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Good for them. I, I, I think this is what the I think this is what we know the devil was about. If I remember. <laughs> Uh, if you'll allow me one one final action, uh, sure, yeah. Patty, totally. Patty grabs her clipboard and takes a little business card that was clipped to it out and stuffs it underneath the door frame. <laughs> Excellent. Just, uh, you def- <laughs> you here's the thing. You you've definitely not had business cards yet, but you have been able to get your hands on a blank one and to write your stuff on it. Oh yeah, it it is you know it's definitely just like like what's printed on the card is like a flat line with the the friendly neighborhood project logo, and so she just wrote in all the all the contact information herself. Yeah, excellent, great, all right, so. We can draw a close on that scene, and then uh, we can cut over to um, one of our other characters, who, while Pate and uh, Luke slash Kelly have been sort of collaborating on things, um, meanwhile, th- their, their deal has been very internal, but Pippa and Juno have been dealing with matters that are forcing them to... Uh, sort of face outwards Mm -hmm. as it were um and uh one of those things is that pippa has been working on the ongoing project for how to take down one of the nine lives robots and uh could you remind me which one that was uh that was mark four okay mark four and mark four's deal is that it's kind of a it's kind of a big old kaiju robot thing yeah, more I believe or less I described it. I believe yeah. I described it as being kind of like a boss of a metal slug game, right? Uh, <laughs> just like this phenomenally large uh, metallic uh, obelisk of violence. <laughs> yeah, though I've been thinking. I also like the idea that it has sort of some of the features of one of those like luck cat statues. <sighs> oh, wonderful! Yes. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's a little dippy arm like throws bombs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, one of the uh, limitations on being able to do this is that you've had to seek help from a established superhero who um, has had altercations with Mark IV before and is also sort of a tech expert, which is Titantron, a.k.a. Way Landry, aka uh, the guy who uh, like hauled you guys out of the mall in like the first episode. The one character in this entire cast who Pippa just has a completely unreasonable, disproportionate hatred for. <laughs> <laughs> well, another good reason is that he's basically he's he's a he's a weird tech guy billionaire dude who um, has done the new. Um, He's gotten into the new sort of like superhero uh, trendy thing, which is just being, uh, <laughs> to misappropriate a phrase, mask off. And he's just like, oh, yeah, my day job is to be a cool billionaire playboy. But I also get up into this like 15 foot tall robot suit to fight crime <laughs> and uh, like a, like a total jackass. Um, 
and you have had to go to him. And so we're cutting to you. So you're on like the manufacturing line and it is like, um, I think that what's happening in the background, you see that uh, this guy is not 100% just an Elon Musk character, but I feel like he's got to make cars. Like if his big deal is that like he's got a big robot suit he rides around in, like the most overlap I can think of besides getting way darker and going with drones is like, he, like that seems like automotive stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he makes like really trashy, like Ford Mustangs equivalents that kind of look like his suit a little bit, Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, they, they keep showing up as product placements as our equivalent of the Transformers movie. So everyone with too much money wants them, yeah. even though they're yeah, like exactly. terrible cars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're on the production line for that. And there's like, it is like super automated. There's just a bunch of like robot arms like wiggling around on like, you know, tracks and stuff, <laughs> putting stuff together. There's like maybe some like a handful of like foremen and stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. he's like showing off like all of his stuff. And as we said before, he is, um, uh, he is, uh, Chinese American, um, just like sort of medium height. He's wearing like a nice suit and like, I think he's got like sort of some like Google Glass like glasses on that you know that if he like presses on them or whatever, his suit is just gonna fly to him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like as he's got you walking and talking, and so, um, you came in there like prepared to sort of make a pitch, I assume, right? Something of that nature. Yeah. Um. But uh, he he's he sort of like swept you up, and uh, so I know that we didn't meet on the best of terms. To be brutally honest, it wasn't the most flattering situation for you. I thought that uh, hauling you out of the mall and giving you a stern talking to about cybersecurity meant that we might not have the best working relationship. But I want you to tell you something: that when you show up at my door and you tell me, "Way, I've got a plan to take out." one of your most annoying and dangerous recurring antagonists, there's no way I'm going to turn that down. You have uh, really turned my image of you around. And so what I'm going to do is he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out like a little USB dongle. I am going to give the most important component of this, which is a map. Your plan sounds good, and using that plan, I think that I'll be able to take this thing down once and for all. And immediately, you latch on to the eye there. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you know this guy. You've only, known, you've only met him twice, but you know this guy. And you oh, probably yeah. knew guys like this before you were even a cat. Um... <laughs> And what he's going to, yes, um, he's, he's going to make this his project. It's not that he's going to push you out, but you have, if he gets his way, you are going to immediately go from the orchestrator of this thing, which I can tell is very personal and important to you because it's about taking responsibility for your big mistake. Uh And he's going to turn you into a vital component of his operation. Um, so what you need to do is convince him that even though he's got the leverage here, 
you need to be the one who can execute on this. You're going to have to get into a science guy fight. And to represent this, I've got your love letter. Oh my god. Alright. So, roll plus superior. On a 10+, plus, he's impressed enough to follow your lead. On a 7 to 9, he's going to try to run the show, but you get an advantage. And there's three pips. The first is, he demonstrates a weakness, you take plus one forward against him. The second is that he embarrasses himself, and you gain influence over him. And the third is that he unwittingly leaves an exploitable loophole in his plan. Um, there's nothing for six here, but I'm presuming on a failure. I just kind of get uh, bowled over, as it were. Yeah, you can, uh-huh. to, to be clear, it's not, if that happens, it's not going to be just like a pure loss condition on this endeavor. But it does mean that as you're going forward with this project, you're going to be dealing with a guy who at the very least thinks he's in charge, and you're not going to have any edges for exploiting that. Okay, let's see how this goes. And just remember that uh, you do have a teamwork point uh, that Juno can spend Mm -hmm. to boost you. However, Mm -hmm. Juno might want to hold on to that because she's got the last roll. And who knows what that's going to be about. Well, I mean, we've got an idea of what that's going to be about. You you also happen to know explicitly what it's going to be about. But, you know, GM Mm -hmm. privilege and all that. Yes. Oh, okay. Ooh, a nine. Okay. (laughs) I'll give you that point. are you sure oh yeah it'll be fine Uh, okay well then um well then that is an unequivocal success how just like uh we don't have to like play out the entire thing but what is what's your counterattack then um the map is going to be important but i think what happens here is that kind of off panel like in a way that leaves some room uh, for the for the reader to wonder what's going to happen, he indicates he uh, his actual plan of attack here, and I think like there's some like like we get like the thing of like him like dialogue boxes that are blank because they're like obscured by machinery noise or whatever right from the factory mm-hmm. floor, and yeah. like we just get this like cut back to this expression on uh on Waylandry's face just like of kind of of like some kind of uh astonishment i think <laughs> but also like this understanding that it is a very uh well-conceived idea and he's like okay <laughs> yeah uh he's like well damn let me tell you something I, like i said before i didn't have the best first impression of your ability to think things through but you have proved me wrong 100% here <laughs> <laughs> he, he uh like just he just sort of like tosses you the dongle um and says uh well this is your rodeo but like i've said before i've lost some good suits to that hunk of junk so if you need any backup he does like a little like putting up his duke's gesture I think Pippa does some uh, vaguely insincere finger guns and returns and just says, sure, sure thing. Hey, yeah. And hey, not a part of all this. But if. If you're ever looking for upgrades or anything like that, you know to call. I'll let you know. (laughs) 
which is like a total like in like like cold weather (laughs) (laughs) and and to be like to establish complete dick move to say something like that to another gadget guy Mm -hmm. like yeah (laughs) there's a there's a specific code of honor among inventor heroes and this guy doesn't give a shit about it okay so um so you walk away from that and then i think the transition we get is that um we is that you probably like pull out your phone um to like to like text juno that like hey you got it and it's all good Mm -hmm. and then we cut to juno getting that text and she is seated at the end of a conference table. Oh boy! Um, because we are uh, inside um, the actual uh, like business headquarters for Asterion. Uh not the cool R and D lab, the the place where the actual company is, um, and sitting. Uh, across from you on this table is, well, there are various members of the board. Um, there is your uh, main guardian slash fa- father figure slash narrative foil, Adrian Zenobia. Woo! And um, at the exact opposite end is someone has set up like a screen and the CEO of the company is like Zoom calling in. That would be um, uh, Mariam Kumar. Uh, she is um, like she is. She's got fr- from what you can see. She's got like sort of a surprisingly fashionable like power suit on. Not the not the like the superhero kind, mm-hmm. but the business kind. Um, like those. I feel like our power suits out of fashion in the 2020s. Women's, I mean, women's still like women's suits are still super fashionable, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very, it is. I know that the image can conjure up like real eighties vibes, mm-hmm. but it's an incredibly fashionable power suit. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, you are probably not wearing your uniform or just regular civvies. Um, because you're here for like a formal meeting of the of uh, Asterion's board to determine, uh, well, wherein uh, Adrian is making good on the thing he said last time, which is that he is trying to bring you home. Huh. So, um, representing yourself in this, um, how are you? Uh, how are you dressed? Um, you know is. I think we've established before that Juno barely owns any nice clothes at all. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she's probably wearing the one skirt that she owns and just like, um, like black, like black slip on (laughs) shoes that she bought on the way here. (laughs) Like, she gotcha. she her old shoes are shoved in her purse like she literally bought them on the way here but she doesn't own like nice shoes so she's in like you know black ballet flats the one the one pencil skirt that she owns and um probably just like a like a short sleeve turtleneck top to just be 
as neutral looking as possible because this is kind of a big deal. I think because we have already like heard Adrian talk a lot, mm-hmm. this is probably a good idea to start off with uh, Miss Kumar. Mm-hmm. Um, to give a little background information about here, because I'm not sure if this is something we've ever gone over in the show. This is something we've talked about. Yeah. But um, Mariam Kumar is not like an aerospace person, despite that being sort of what Asterian's deal is. Um, she is um, a... she. Well, she, she basically what she is is that she is a professional, like, like corporate like manager fixer. type. Yeah. Right. Who has a track record of helping out companies that are in a really bad spot. And Asterian was in a really bad spot um, after uh, one of their like experimental quantum link things uh, exploded, destroyed a whole facility and um, permanently mutated a small girl. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's fine. She's doing fine. I mean, yeah, <laughs> not a PR nightmare. You have... not a PR nightmare at all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you've you've probably you've probably interacted her with her a good deal because she probably had to do like some photo shoots with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is she's always been very nice, very enthusiastic, and very like calculating, mm-hmm. emotionally um, but distant. She's... Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you have interacted with her in this particular format of through a screen or something a bunch because she's always going places to like juggle things. Sure. And so I think we open up on her talking and she's saying, well, Juno, while I have said from the start that I love your passion about being a superhero, I personally signed off on your original request to relocate and join a team. I think that obviously it is a good move from just an ethical perspective. We don't want to be locking girls up in towers. And from a marketing perspective, for the exact same reason, after what Adrian has told me about recent developments and the incident at the R&D labs... I have to agree that it seems like it's in everyone's best interests if you moved back in at least until this situation has stabilized. And so I'm going to b- before we before we go any further, mm-hmm. I am putting your love letter oh on your lap. And so what's happening here is it is uh, it's going to be a little bit similar structurally to the others, but um, there's a little it's it's uh, there's a little less to do with choice, as we will see. So <laughs> oh just uh, go on and read this out. Oh, boy. Juno, roll plus superior. Oh, God, what have you done? Roll <laughs> plus superior on a 10 plus remove two demands. On a seven to nine, remove one demand. The demands in the order they must be followed or must be removed are as follows. Uh, Oh, God. You will cease all vigilante activity until cleared by the board. You will relocate to Asterian Research, to the Asterian Research Laboratory. 
uh, you will be monitored more closely with biometric recorders. Demands may also be removed on a one-to-one -one basis by marking conditions and or allowing someone present to shift your labels. Yep. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of steps to this, and mm -hmm. I figure it, we can, like, intersperse both the roles and the decisions with the roles with some role-playing if you mm -hmm. want. So um, you can either open up with Juno's immediate response, or you can start with the role itself. Well, um, I think we're going to start with the role because at present, Juno is is only thinking, like... I would love to see you stop me. And she knows that's like <laughs> the wrong thing to say in this situation. Right. Yeah. So you are yeah. the the, the so sociopath you are with, the, the, the sociopath yeah. version of Juno is like, this is true, but you can't say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, that's partially why we're going with Superior here is that you're trying to convince them that no, I'm not just like a sick girl. Mm -hmm. I am this cool young adult. Um, oh boy. <laughs> however, however, because, however, because playing the, uh, you can't play the freak or danger card in this situation mm -hmm. because being a cool adult who is uh, completely unstable is uh, not going to win the conversation. Oh boy. All right. We'll see how this goes, people. Uh-oh. That's a six. That is a six. Ooh. So I, I sure bet you <laughs> wish you had... Sure. That It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, I'm not able to spend my influence on her to affect this role uh, positively, am I? <laughs> oh, you know what? I hadn't thought about the influence side of things, huh? I don't um, know if I actually even can do that, because I can only give them minus two on a move they just made, inflict uh, a condition on them, or take an additional plus one on a move targeting them. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Yeah, you can only use that, like, against people, unfortunately. It's uh, teamwork that makes the dream work in this situation. Oh, so I think, before we get into the potential buy-off stuff here, uh -huh. I think that what's going to happen is that you're going to try... We don't have to, like, you know, say everything, mm -hmm. but um, is that you're going to try and like make your argument, um, and it's it's not going to work. No, no. I think I think Juno tries to calmly. Oh, I know what happens is that Juno mm -hmm. tries to very calmly like lay her points out, but it's obvious that um, she's really mad about this mm -hmm. because the uh. <laughs> The table they're at is starting to shake. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> um, I think I think that like you know Adrian is going to like you know gesture at this and being like, like <laughs> this should be all the proof we need that she shouldn't be just flying around throwing these abilities at random bank robbers Mina it's thought I could fly around and do whatever she thought I could do and then she okay, kind of like then. stops herself and like takes her hands off the table <laughs> and it stops shaking that sounds like uh, you making a messy emotional appeal which to me translates to a condition yeah that, that sounds good to me 
Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's go. How many do you already have marked? I have no conditions marked for once. Oh, excellent. Well, time to fix that. What do you think that then reflects? Uh, probably angry, obviously. Okay. Yep. Yep. So uh, mark that off. Um, and so it, um, it, it, I think the demands have to be removed in, yeah, order. in that order. Okay. So, um, oh so I think that what happens is that, um, Miriam butts in with, yes, we're all very, we all want to make sure that we respect Dr. Roman Skaya's wishes. And I don't think that it should be necessary to limit your total freedom and your ability to be a positive influence on this city. But you can do all of that while still, you know, staying here instead of that little penthouse situation you've got set up. We could be, you know, your base of operations. I'm not moving... I'm not moving all of my stuff back, and and I'm sure as hell not going to ask my friends to come around here. That is where we operate out of. It's 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 my new home. I haven't lived in this place in seven, eight months at this point. I I'm settled. I'm not coming back. I'm sorry. All right then. Uh, then what are you going to do to make sure that happens? Uh going to take a condition or are you going to let someone shift your labels let's let some let's let someone shift my labels okay um and <clears throat> let's see this is also something that really directly translates into like a role-playing element which mm -hmm. i like um, just got to figure out. Um, um, I think that Adrian here butts in with, I'm not going to, I won't even entertain that idea unless I know, unless you can promise me that you are going, that you're not going to pull anything like you did back in the labs, showing off unstable powers to intimidate me or so <laughs> I think, you know, I think, think he sort of like, like slips up and says, or any other, the innocent civilian, <laughs> and that instead you're going to start realizing that as powerful as you are, you are still someone with an unstable condition that is dangerous. And so what he is going to do is he's going to shift danger down and mundane up. Okay. He's specifically trying to reinforce, he, he wants you to not be a danger and he wants you to realize that uh, you are at danger, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Um. Adrian just feeling, please be more normal. <laughs> please be more normal. Uh, um, and I think that like one of the other board members who doesn't have a name, it doesn't really matter, mm -hmm. um, will probably chime in, uh, to say, um, even if you can't relocate here, that it would be best for us to be able to continue 
monitoring your condition, even if you are in the field, so to speak. So to that end, if you would simply wear some unobtrusive devices, we'd be able to tell if there was some kind of power spike, if your powers were doing something um, out of the ordinary or even potentially uh, a threat to you or the people around you. And so we are at the third demand. Um, you can uh, you can avoid being dragged home. You can keep on being a hero, but you're going to have to sort of <laughs> sort of do what Pate had to do in the beginning of the arc, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> where though maybe maybe something a little bit more than a bracelet. I'm I don't have a concrete idea in my head just yet, but mm-hmm. um, uh, it there's something that uh, you you would have to you, you're going to have to like wear something so that they get a feed through biometrics. Which is um, awkward and uh, embarrassing, but technically would not change your day-to-day as much. So, are you going to uh, fight that by taking some more uh, some more malices? Or yeah. are you going to... I think June, because she, she's like listening to like this, this board membership had uh, <laughs> say his piece and then... Uh, manages to like rein her temper in and is like and so what you'll be able to see where i am all of the time while i'm hanging out with my friends and if there's even like a a vague power spike what would you do would you come you would come get me even if i'm doing something to help people we would record it and obviously we would not intervene in some manner of uh, life-threatening situation, um, so and you, I think it, I think at that point, like Miriam cuts in, like if we had the power to break up a superhero fight, then uh, we probably would be in something a little closer to Time Industries business than our own. So you uh, you would know where I where I am all the time. So that doesn't sound that, much. That doesn't sound much like actual, real freedom either. The more I'm hearing about this, the whole point of this experiment, as outlined by Doctor Romanskaya, is to let me live on my own for 18 months, unobserved except for my weekly check-ins, and okay, to yeah. to saddle me with biometric readouts and let me know where I, where you are at all times goes completely against her hypothesis. Like she's kind of reining in some of her like more emotional outburst to be like, this is how it's supposed to be. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So do you want a marking condition or let someone tweak your numbers again? I think I'm going to mark a condition. Okay. What sounds appropriate here? Because it sounds like insecure. Even if you're, yeah, because it sounds like, um, like as you, like you're, you're not even 
that makes actual total sense to me because right here you're not even like making argument for like oh i should be able to do whatever i want you're like falling back on technicalities right yeah it's not even like yeah. you know like uh i'm <laughs> i am a 19 year old woman who should just be allowed to do yeah. what i want you don't own me it's like no right. i have to fall back on like the the uh the safety net of this is like nina's experiment or, you know, not really like an experiment, but that's how she probably phrased it when she first introduced the idea of letting Juno out. Um, so she has to kind of fall back on that. So it's not even, it's not even has anything to do with like who she is as a person. It's who she is as like a lab rat, basically. Okay, cool, cool. Excellent. Love it. Um, I think that there's like, there's probably just a lot more sort of like back and forth, you know, like this is not something that's going to get wrapped up mm -hmm. quickly and easily. Um, but I think that at the end, um, it does come down, it comes down to a vote. And because obviously you have, you know, paid this price, mm -hmm. um, you are going to get what you want, which is, um, which is going back to normal, uh, just being, uh, much more emotionally compromised <laughs> yeah. than when you went in. Um, and I think just as a parting thing, Adrian will like sort of like walk up to you and say, you can, you can tell this is probably not information you want to know, but you can tell this has been very emotionally draining on him too. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, he's going to say, um, I will certainly expect your reports to be regular. They always as... have been. Yes. And he sort of like, he, he sort of like stops, he's uncomfortable. And uh, he follows up with like a, this, I want to say this like very sincere delivery Uh not that you necessarily like care or not, um, but uh, same. Mina wanted you to have a good life. That's why she fought so hard for you. But I want you to know that she, it wasn't just that she wanted you there's more to that than just living out fantasies. She wanted you to be not just happy, but healthy. She cared so much about you. And I just, the decision has been made, but I want you to know that this isn't about control. This is about you. If Mina wants me to be happy and healthy, I can't be happy and healthy here anymore, Adrian. I I can't. Coming to this place, it stresses me out now. And that's why these, these outbursts only seem to happen when I'm here. When I'm with my friends, I can rein it in. But... Here, under lock and key and monitored by biometrics and stuff, it was fine when I was a 10-year-old, but I'm an adult woman now. So 
I'm sorry, but if if the goal was for me to be happy, the only way for me to be happy and healthy is out there. And that's that. I appreciate your concern, but it's not just about your concerns. It's about mine, too. She's just going to kind of throw her hands up and make for the door. All right. Uh, well, uh, no, no one stops you. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to last time, there's much less resistance <laughs> to you leaving the building. And I think that there's probably a shot of you, like, stepping out of, like, the front door of the building and then just immediately taking off, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, taking into the air instead of, you know, getting on a bus or taking a train. Just, like, getting into the air and checking her phone, like, while she's flying. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's, like, I think that, like, the issue ends on, like, a shot of uh, you, like, flying up and in the distance sort of, like, it's not that it's the tallest thing around, but like it's more like clearly detailed than everything surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see uh, your uh, HQ in the distance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where this episode ends. Nice. We have um, entered a, uh, we're, we're sort of teetering on the edge of a new paradigm for the team. Um You've all done a lot of stuff for your own personal, like, goals and projects, but um, how will that translate to your recently shaken group dynamic, especially when the chips are down? Find out, loyal readers, in the next issue of Masks, presented by Big Gay Nerds Comics. (laughs) And until then, stay Big Gay and Nerd. Big Gay Nerds is made possible by our Patreon supporters. We would like to give special thanks to Calvin Cox, Elliot, Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Giraffe Scarves, Hellblood Hands, Jack Toops, Jarnope, Joel, John the Book Hoarder, Lori Dean, Lucas Bell, MC Ferdandy, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Ryan Asopa, Udon Bullets, Thor Holmquist, and Trash Hime. If you would like to join their ranks and gain access to special content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word on social media. We're at Big Gay Nerds Cast on Twitter and just Big Gay Nerds on Tumblr and Facebook. And if you just want to hang out, join the Big Gay Nerds Fan Club Discord server linked in all the aforementioned pages.